You're listening to the African Campfire Stories podcast. The African Campfire Stories podcast is a program that's dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. Welcome. To bring African history to you, we have to read through a lot of details, facts, dates, names, and names of places. Should you pick up anything we get wrong, or if you just want to reach us, please use our website www.africancampfirestories.com. You can also reach us on our social media pages, on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, on Facebook, African Campfire Stories, and on Instagram, African Campfire Stories. Your assistance in this regard will help us to continue to give you quality programming. When creating our podcast episodes, we use works from historians and other writers as our sources. We are very grateful to these men and women. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Xenophobia and Hatred series, Episode 2, Rumors of Fear. We are aware that we have not divulged where in Africa we are from, and this is as good a time as any for us to do so. This is the second episode of our Xenophobia and Hatred series. As we said in the introduction episode of this series, this series was motivated by the recent xenophobic attacks in South Africa, the attacks that took place in September 2019. We said in the introductory episode that these attacks worried us. That's because we are South Africans. I myself am a South African, and so is the rest of the African Campfire Stories team. We are also all black South Africans. The xenophobic attacks against other fellow Africans in South Africa are thus perpetuated by people like us in our own country. So I suppose you will now understand why this topic is very dear to us. To our fellow South Africans listening to this, we are not doing this series so that we can support the attacks, nor are we doing it to level subjective blame. On the very first episode of this podcast, we stated that we are not going to take any sides in any of the history stories we tell. As lovers of history, we know that such xenophobia-motivated attacks and violence are nothing new. But that's not to say that that means that we are saying xenophobia should be accepted and endured. The fact that xenophobia is something engendered into the history of mankind made us decide to do a historic perspective on this problem. Almost all the media outlets that you are getting news on xenophobia from will give you current affairs. There's nothing wrong with current affairs. It's just that as a history podcast, we are in a unique position to give a history perspective of this problem. As a history podcast, we've decided that we will try and make a contribution towards the understanding of the xenophobia phenomenon. We will discuss the South African situation in detail later on in this series. But for the next few episodes, we will dig back into human history and present you with a historical perspective of xenophobia and hatred. We have stated that the latest South African xenophobic attacks in September 2019 gave us a cause for concern. Remember we said in the introduction episode of the Xenophobia and Hatred series that hardly any nation is exempt from blame when it comes to xenophobia and genocide. Pick any nation, go back far enough into their history and you'll find that they acquired their current territory by murdering a lot of inhabitants they found there. Again, this isn't said in the vein of trying to justify anything nor to exonerate anybody. We also have stated that we believe that the height of xenophobia is genocide. 
This is also something we have gathered from history. And the xenophobic attacks in South Africa did give us a strange feeling in our tummies. And we know that some people listening will say that, yeah, we are being hyperbolic. How can you guys jump from a few murders all the way to being concerned about genocide? This is what they'll ask. We explained in the very first promotional article for the Xenophobia and Hatred series why the very recent xenophobic attacks in South Africa made us think about genocide. On that article, these are the reasons we gave for our concerns about the xenophobia attacks in South Africa. First of all, the violence and hateful rhetoric this time around was too focused. Secondly, the level of misinformation was extreme. There was an incredible amount of fake news, as Donald Trump would say. Thirdly, for us, as students of history, this time around, the xenophobic mood and the seemingly coordinated dissemination of information seemed to us too similar to the kind that came just before many genocides from history took place. Wherever and whenever genocide occurred in history, many, many rumors seemed to be flying around. More than anything else, it is these rumors repeated again and again in various renditions and permutations that drive the genocides. Take this example, for instance. We all know that the Rwandan genocide, where close to 1 million Tutsis were killed, took place between April and July of 1994. But way before that, there was an incident back in 1959. And to all the Banyarwanda people everywhere, please forgive me for the severe mispronunciation I'm about to inflict upon your language. Back to our Rwandan story. In 1959, the following occurred. Dominique Mbonyomutwa, a Hutu chief, was attacked close to his home in Bumana by people associated with the Tutsis. Then rumors began to spread. Now notice what we mean by rumors, fake news and misinformation driving xenophobia and genocide. Hutu activists responded by killing ordinary Tutsis, inciting the advent of the Rwandan revolution. The Tutsis responded in kind. Soon, you had a general bloodbath. However, Mbonyamutwa, the Hutu chief, whose attack had initiated the situation, was not dead. He had indeed suffered in the attack, but he did not die from it. But the Hutus began the killing of the Tutsis because they thought Mbonyamutwa was dead. Because the rumors said he was. This is the power of rumor during times of mistrust and fear. The French Revolution resulted in many deaths too. When you read about the French Revolution, all you hear is that this rumor started doing the rounds, that rumor said this, and so on and so forth. We're very grateful to a history thesis submitted in 2014 at the University of New York. This thesis is called Popular Rumor in Revolutionary Paris, 1792-1794, and it's written by Lindsay Porter. It explores the role of rumors in intensifying the tensions, hatreds, and even murders during the French Revolution. I was reading a story of World War I recently, and I accidentally came across a story about Jewish pogroms in the Austrian Empire during that war. The word pogroms refers to the negative actions that have been historically carried out against Jews in Europe. In the province of Galicia, in 1917, they ran out of food. This was caused by wartime circumstances. The Jews in the region ran most of the shops that provided food to ordinary people. As the food shortages were being experienced, rumors spread that the Jewish shopkeepers were hiding the food on purpose. The rumors continued. The Jews were hiding the food so that there could be shortages 
and these shortages would then allow the Jews to charge more money for food. This rumor led to the widespread killing of the Jews in the region. But the rumor was not true. Here's a quote from the thesis by Lindsay Porter. Open quote. Rumors thrive in periods of social and political unrest. The combination of uncertainty and upheaval and a demand for information creates a crucible for the spread of unsubstantiated news. In such situations, even unconfirmed reports serve a purpose, allowing communities to give voice to their anxieties and hopes. Close quote. When it comes to rumors, some are from ordinary people and some come from the media. In the genocidal civil war that began in the 1990s in Sierra Leone, the media has been criticized by almost all parties involved for biased and reckless reporting. In the South African situation, many authors have stated that some of the xenophobia-related problems in the country are from irresponsible reporting by the media. There have been calls for reporters and such people to be trained on how to write about matters of immigration and asylum seekers. Even the former dictator of Liberia, Charles Taylor, complained in his war crimes trial in The Hague that there had been lies and information spread about him. But in the case of Mr. Taylor, we must take what he says with a grain of salt. In any case, back to the matter of rumors. Rumors are said to thrive in stressful and anxious times, such as during xenophobic outbursts, because such times are filled with ambiguity and uncertainty. Rumors serve to fill the lack of information, especially if there is no formal communication from official bodies, such as the government and police and so forth. Sometimes those official bodies and authorities do not communicate because they want to better understand the situation first. In the case of South Africa, there were concerns about the country's perception in the eyes of the world. There were concerns about the potential economic repercussions of xenophobic attacks. Of course, one may be disgusted that at a time when innocent people are dying, the government is worried about economics and perceptions and negative impact on tourism. But unfortunately, that is the situation of modern politics. Blurting out an incomplete statement before it is clear what's going on could harm a government and its country. So whether right or wrong, sometimes governments tend to drag their feet in coming out with proper communication in times of crisis. This gives street-level rumors the room for being the only game in town when it comes to information. Because the ordinary people in any crisis need information. People want to know what's going on. If there's no factual information out there, rumors will spread and do so without anything countering them. So, in a crisis, what do rumors consist of in general terms? According to Lindsay Porter's thesis, Rumors serve to express people's fears, hopes, and desires. Ever wondered why rumors tend to confirm how people already feel? How rumors sometimes always seem to not stray too far from already held perceptions? If you are South African, did you not wonder why the rumors we were hearing about Nigerians in September 2019 were so aligned with the cliches about the big bad Nigerian drug dealer problem? This is why. This is because rumors are an articulation of people's pre-existing fears, hopes, and desires. In this vein, this means that rumors essentially serve to confirm and validate the widely held perceptions in any given community. In the late 1930s, when the Nazis were perfecting their anti-Jewish propaganda, 
they went back and studied all the misinformation that had been sprouted about the Jews in the previous centuries. Thus, the Nazis didn't say anything new about the Jews. They just said the very same things that had been said for so long that they straddled the thin line between truth and lies, between fact and fiction, between reality and fantasy. Rumors underpin the collective concerns of any community. Rumors are different from mere gossip in that they are perceived to contain an element of truth. And sometimes, rumors actually work at influencing people because they contain traces of truth. So in this case, rumors take on the form of the game of Chinese whispers, whereby some story can start off as somewhat true, but as it spreads geographically and through many people, it could take on a meaning different from its original form. In modern times, like with the recent xenophobia attacks in South Africa, rumor-mongering is made worse by the telecommunications technology that we now have. My mother and her friends are over 60 years old, but they were also getting a lot of information, rumors and related communications via their smartphones during the xenophobia situation in South Africa. Tools like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and WhatsApp helped in the fast tracking of information during the worst times of the xenophobic violence. So as part of the series, in later episodes, we will look at modern technology and see how it contributes to the spread of rumors. But we will also look at how modern technology can help in quashing rumors. This is all the time we have for today.